Hi, my name is Scott Kerland, and my best friend Lils Martin hates musicals. I'm Lils Martin, and my friend and acquaintance Scott Kerland loves musicals. Wait, what? I don't like, I don't like begrudging for it or anything. Wait, I don't know. I said you were my best friend, and you just called me a friend and acquaintance? Yeah. I was working really, really hard on creating this podcast for you where I show you great movie musicals and bad movie musicals because I love you, but you want to be a dick. We were supposed to court this promo for Hell is a Musical, and what are we doing right now? Sounds like we're recording the promo right now. Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. Be there. Haley, what are you doing here? Me? I'm I'm here to podcast. You're here to podcast about Reese Witherspoon. What? Like it's hard? Actually, no, it's not. It's really not. Stars and Grapes, we're talking about Reese Witherspoon all month, and we're kicking it off with Legally Blonde. Woohoo! On this perfect day. Oh, dang. I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Oh, no. Hey, would you mind putting that gun away? My wife doesn't care, but I'm a very timid fellow. You idiot. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Curlin. Hi. Your wife. <laughs> yes. Present. Yes, president and, <laughs> president and accounted for. <laughs> and we're talking about stars. Uh, we're talking about. Did Re- you just say president and accounted for? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> we're talking about. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. There is a dog licking me right now. <laughs> she has been licking him nonstop. Since like since like for the past ten minutes, uh, we're dog sitting. Yes, you may remember Lily from the To Kill a Mockingbird episode. Yes, it's my dad's dog. Yes, and she is obsessed with Scott, almost as obsessed as L was Warner. That is a very good segue. I know. Are you proud of me? Yeah, and you know, n- gold know what, bagel for me. You know what your reward is? What the blockbuster rule. No! I hate it. I hate it. I hate being put up on the spot. Um, okay. Do you want me to do it? (laughs) Is a West Coast Valley girl, but she is one that everyone underestimates consistently throughout the movie. And it's not until she moves to the East Coast where she goes to follow a boy that she ends up finding herself. There we go. Did yeah. I do it? Yeah, that's great. Yay! So Stars and Grapes all month we're talking about Reese Witherspoon. Uh, this was her star-making role. Before this, she was basically second banana, which is a term I love. To second banana. Second banana. <laughs> I thought it was second fiddle. That too. Okay. Uh, I prefer second banana. I like second banana too. To people like Mark Wahlberg and Fear, Toby Maguire and Pleasantville, this was her star-making role. Oh, you're gonna do Pleasantville, aren't you? 
Yes, that is after this. I think. Fun fact: I hate that movie. <laughs> well, I don't know why. Well, we got a good guess for that, and yeah. it's not you. Thank God. Yes, that's probably recording this weekend. Mm-hmm. Not to, not to timestamp this. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, this was her star-making role. After eight women turned down the role of Elle Woods, three wow. of them were <laughs> three of them were brunette. So she was in- underestimated, very much like her character. Yes. So the number one person to turn this down was Charlize Theron. Uh, yeah, and I can I can certainly see her in this role, definitely. Uh, kind but of. She kinda, but she kind of, but I could see her more as a Brooke Wyndham. Yeah, I definitely. She's s- got that, like, she's got more maturity. Yeah, Brooke Wyndham's character is very similar to her character from Longshot if she had political ambition. Yeah. Where, yeah, I can't see Charlize. I can see the number two. And when per- I say maturity, I mean self-assuredness. Like right. she like Confidence. comes across as, yeah, she comes across as more confident. Yes. Like we get the sense that Brooke Wyndham is who Elle Woods would become in the future. Yes. With, I will say that Brooke Wyndham has one of my favorite throwaway lines. Oh, yeah? Where she says, you were in my, what was it, class? My, my. Pilates class or yes, yeah, so, yeah, something. <laughs> you have amazing kicks, like that throwaway line of "you have amazing form," which yeah, uh, yeah, your kick was amazing or something. Yeah, where I was watching Search Party on HBO Max, and Griffin Newman had basically took that line and made it his own. He he did something amazing <laughs> to that effect. He said, "You were on the swim team. You had great form," <laughs> and he said that he got that from. Allie Larder in this movie. Very nice. And I love, I love how art inspires other art. Well, this movie is iconic. I mean, this movie is pretty much on par with Clueless, I would say, for like young girls of like the early 2000s. Yeah, I would say that the top five are Clueless is number one, followed by this, then Mean Girls, 13 Going on 30, and Freaky Friday. Yeah, they're all up there in like the, like, the the tower of chick flicks yes and now they've added a movie that you have done on this podcast josie and the pussycats has now become i like i'm sorry i have to cough up a hairball (laughs) (laughs) the dogs actually think there's something wrong with it no i'm sorry babies it's okay i was just insulting the movie (laughs) that's how bad it was so you want to say something really don't eat the microphone. So going on, the number two person who regrets to this day turning down is Christina Applegate. Oh, yeah. She turned it down because this was literally filming right after she got done with Married with Children. Which you explained is like she plays like a very, like a valley girl. Yeah, very similar role. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can understand as an like, I mean, I'm not an actor, but I can understand the actor fear of not getting like pigeonholed in a role. There's only I feel that's like that's part of the downward spiral. There's only one actor who doesn't mind getting pigeonholed, and that's because he wants the money, and that's Harrison Ford. It's like, but it's also a lot easier for men in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, like once you hit thirty, uh. 35. Yeah, 30, 35 for a female actress, you're considered like aged. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Carrie Ann Moss 
fresh off of Matrix. She turned 40 before the second one, and they offered her a grandma role. Yeah, that's that's a bunch of BS. Yeah. So she turned it down, and she said, do I regret not making all that money and having the sequel and the TV rights and the musical option? No, I'm not bitter at all. Mm. Then it then the list got... At least she's honest about it. Then the list got weirder, and it was like... Mila Jovovich. Oh, that I can't see at all. Uh, Kate Hudson. Uh, kind of. Yeah. But she did Almost Famous instead. Then Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore. Mm. Uh, the weirdest one is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Because she's not blonde. Well, yeah, but what's her name? Uh, is a redhead. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore is naturally blonde. Oh, she is? Yes. Oh, I didn't... Well, because every movie you have seen in her in, otherwise she's a redhead. Yeah, she is Except naturally... Except in like 50 First Dates. And Wedding Singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so Christine Taylor... <laughs> yep. ...from Dodgeball and Zoolander turned down the, the role to make Zoolander. Mm-hmm. And then... Which is... To be fair, Zoolander took off as well. And MGM's like... What about what about Reese Witherspoon? And they're like, I don't know if she can play ditzy. And oh, but here's the thing: she's never like ditzy. I would say no. She uses she uses the fact that she's blonde to pretend to be ditzy, and then she I proves say, how smart she is. I would say she's cheerfully naive, painfully optimistic. Yeah, painfully optimistic, and. Her two best friends, Margot and Coco's great great grandmother. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Alana Ubeck and the other one who plays Margot, I forgot who played her, but she stopped acting after Legally Blonde Two and she said, I'm coming out of retirement for Legally Blonde Three and we're like, Cool. <laughs> Go for you. And you are uh... for L <laughs> So with this movie. The costumes are a character, like her costumes. Yes. So we watched an entire video on it last night. You did. I, oh. I, I, I was in and out. I was falling asleep. Yeah. But Sophie DeRockoff designed her costumes, and she is designer to three actors in Hollywood. So mm-hmm. she has constant work, and those three actors are Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston. Yep. And can you guess the third person? Uh, uh, um, Jennifer Gardner? <laughs> I don't know. Gerard Butler. <laughs> really? That's the weirdest one. It's that's yeah. Like it makes sense, but but Ger- what a weird cadre. <laughs> well, so I was thinking about this because Reese Witherspoon gets these people gets. Sophie DeRakoff to do all of her costumes for every movie she does. So if she had taken the role of Effie Trinket in Hunger Games Catch and Fire before mm. she turned it down, she, she would have had Sophie design all of Effie Trinket's clothing. Wait, who turned down the role of Effie Trinket again? Reese Witherspoon. Oh, she did? Oh. That's why I said when you were watching the video oh. on Effie Trinket. But, but Reese Witherspoon is still on a hot streak. Yeah, but now she's on TV. 
She has actually one of the strongest streaks there is. Yeah, but the show is She's got a Meryl streak. Yeah, she's got a Meryl streak. (laughs) So with this film, it is the most dated film I think we've covered on this podcast in quite some time. Dated as in... Are you talking about some of the clothes? No, I'm talking about how some of the subject matters are handled and treated. I guess. I I think I'm just like looking at the movie as a whole and I'm... Like the cabana boy? Oh, yes. The pool boy? Did you ever take Mrs. Wyndham on a date? Yes. Where? A restaurant in Concord where no one could recognize us. And how long have you been sleeping with Mrs. Wyndham? Three months. And your boyfriend's name is... Chuck. Right. Pardon, pardon me, pardon me. Yes, I, Mr. Salvatore. I, I was, uh, I was con- confused. You oh. see, I thought you said friend. Chuck is just a friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> you bitch. It's yeah. bled into other things too because you, I showed you a bit of the musical. Oh God. And there's a song that, well, there's many songs that I would say are kind of meh, but the worst of the worst is a song called "Gayer European." But why don't we talk about that a little later? Yeah, I'm just saying that there's a lot of things. Also, the parents the parents in this film are awful. Well, they're supposed to be awful. Yeah, I know. I know. I love how like being a lawyer is like a stigma in their family. But it's not a stigma. It's just that it's it's that East Coast West Coast thing. Like yeah. they they're surrounded by people who are like movie stars and, you know, plastic surgeons <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know, more movie stars. Yes. So, but that, so I think it's just like, it's that, but it's also, we want Elle to feel as isolated as possible like nobody else believes in her dream so it's ever more important that she sticks with it and she has that self-assuredness to keep moving forward yeah but she does have a support system bruiser woods bruiser is the best and only support system she needs (laughs) well she also has uh she has an, a Wilson brother. She's got Luke Wilson. Oh, yes. And, uh, oh, uh, of course, there is uh, the lovely Paulette. Oh, wow, Al. Makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> I I love how her, like, second line I'm in the- taking the dog, dumbass. <laughs> I, I love when she's confronting her ex-husband. She, she's talking to herself, and she's like, you shut up. <laughs> like, you shut up. Like, gearing up for it. <laughs> We are all Paulette. <laughs> so I'm very I'm very kind of upset that I had us watch Rick and Morty because I, <laughs> I wanted to to have to explain Jennifer Coolidge's character from Rick and Morty before you had saw it. But but the fact that you know what I'm talking about makes me very happy because if they had Jennifer Coolidge be that character in this movie where she has like one word that she says over and over again, mm-hmm. I would have been so happy if Paula was just like, hello, <laughs> goodbye. Hello. Begin at the beginning. <laughs> How many times have you been on this podcast? No, I just mean because like. We go all over the place. The, we talk about whatever you want. Uh, yeah. We're t- I, I wanted to do this movie specifically 
You know why. I know why. But I wanted to do this movie specifically because there are a lot of parallels to this movie in my life. Yes. In in a lot of ways. <laughs> Go on. Well, for starters, I went to an all-girls college, which is basically a giant sorority if you think about it. Yep. Um, and left that to uh, join a much larger... Criminal justice criminal, program. Yeah, I went from... I, granted, I started out in forensic science and realized, like, oh, you need to learn, like, organic chemistry and math. And I was like, oh, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I was always more interested in the procedural aspect of it. Right. So I went from forensic science to forensic psychology, and then eventually I switched schools and stuck with criminal justice. Yeah. Which I'm going to tell you now. And everyone listening out there, do not go into criminal justice unless you are a cop looking for a promotion or it's a small stepping stone while you're saving money for law school. <laughs> Just don't do it. It's a waste of time and money. <laughs> um, but so and I had uh, a guy essentially do to me what Warner did to Elle. Well, I need to marry a Jackie. Not a Marilyn. <laughs> so you're breaking up with me because I'm too blonde? No, that, that's not entirely true. Then what? My boobs are too big? No, no, no. <clears throat> you boobs are fine. So when you said that you would always love me, you were just dicking around? Well, I, I, I do love you. I, uh, <clears throat> I just can't marry you. Wait, does that make me Luke Wilson? <laughs> no. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I think you look fantastic. Um, But no. So Elle, essentially, her story takes off where everybody thinks like this is it. She's going on like this date. We're all but certain she's going to get proposed to. She's under that same impression. I thought you were about to say we all know she's going to get that promotion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To wife. (laughs) Yes. So she's going to get an MRS degree. I was about to say an MRS degree. <laughs> but so she's like, I mean, to be fair, Warner is at like, for all intents and purposes, he's the love of her life. Yes. We don't know. We never see like the course of their relationship up to this point. We just assume it was very good. It's weird that he, he like Prince Charming makes out with her in front of all of her sorority sisters. Yeah. And it also... Speaking of uniforms, did you notice? So Elle's trademark necklace, Mm -hmm. she's wearing the necklace, but every girl is wearing the same bracelet, the heart bracelet, including Elle. The greater good. As like almost like a distinction because she is the, what is it, den mother? I don't don't know. She's she's the the house sister. Yeah, she's the lead sorority girl. Yes. I don't know the technical term. I believe it's the house sister. I don't think that's what it is. Well, yeah, because... That sounds like what you call a nun. No, (laughs) no. Like head sister is like right under mother superior. No, because the movie The House Bunny is a play on the house sister or house House, mother? House mother. I think it's house mother. Okay. Um, So, but I just thought that was an interesting feature and it also sets her apart. So going back to... Like the the night of her, quote unquote, engagement. 
doesn't end up working out yeah, that way. Yeah, she gets dumped because he wants to be a senator. And... He literally says, I need, I need a Jackie, not a Marilyn. So, and going back to what I was saying about... Which is weird because in number two, she dresses like Jackie. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. But she does it in typical L fashion. Yeah, what if what if the second one just ended so darkly with like Emmett getting shot in Fort Worth, Texas and Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she's Fuck! She's trying to get out the back of the no! Strike that from the record. I don't want to hear that again. <laughs> um, that's a legal term. <laughs> um so she thinks the only way to get him back is to to stalk him and go. To- well, no. So can can we go back? So first oh, of all, God. he builds her up. He builds her up like this is like that. He's ready to take their relationship to the next step. Yeah. You know. Also, totally he went to his grandmother. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And he even says like, "Oh, I was thinking about proposing to you, but you know, uh, I." thought about it in my future and eh, that's not going to happen so i but i had something very similar not where i like it was a proposal or anything right but i had someone in my life who like i was in a relationship with and they basically like talked me up made it seem like we were going to have like a great date and they were very excited to see me i love you we're gonna have a great time and then i get there and it's like hey (laughs) (laughs) bye bye (laughs) Bye, Felicia. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> but then that definitely makes me Emmett. And it's like, you know, and granted, I like, like Al, I grew from that experience, but it's still, guys. Damn it, Haley, why don't you want me to be Luke Wilson? Guys, girls out there, don't do this. Don't, like, ambush. Unless you feel fear like you are in a situation where there's a serial killer, like you're you've just discovered like you've made the connection between the police sketch and the person you're with. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't do the ambush breakup. Yeah. Don't don't do the warner. Yes. Don't talk them up like it's everything is good and everything is great and like, oh, our lives are gonna be so much better from here like or like and then Yeah, he does say our lives <laughs> will be better. Yeah. Getting back to what I was saying, and also admit it, I am the Luke Wilson. I am your Luke Wilson. Wow, you look great. I didn't great. meet you in college. <laughs> yeah, she didn't meet him in college we either. We didn't share an internship together. But what? Do you, what? She didn't meet him in college. What? what law is, school. What is, law school is is post undergrad. But she wasn't finished with her undergrad. She was. Oh, she was. Yes. Oh, law so she school. Was pursu- okay. Law school is after. Yeah. And he was already an associate at a law firm. When, yeah. When you and I met. Well, he was a teacher's aide. He, I think. He's a teacher's he aide. He was a partner at the law firm. Was he a partner? Yeah. Okay. Because I, that was the only way he, that he could serve as her the, superior. Okay. I and, was. Yeah. I knew he was a you licensed needed, attorney, but yeah. I didn't think. Okay. Yes. So I never really paid too much attention to his character. I love Luke Wilson. And it's a shame that they couldn't get Owen Wilson because you know this role was written for Owen Wilson. Mm. Um, but he I will Shanghai say credit New. where credit is due. At least in the musical, we see more of their relationship evolving and how he has supported her throughout the years of law school. So, yeah, and then we get those deep Massachusetts deep dives when we find out that Emmett in the musical is from Roxbury, Roxbury. Massachusetts. He literally says, I, I was raised in the Roxbury slums. Yeah. And I was like, so. Which you're... Roxbury is becoming like basically like the Brooklyn of New, like Boston, right? It's slowly. 
I would say it's Queens. I would say Chestnut Hill is, I is guess. Brooklyn. Was Chestnut Hill a really bad area, though? I don't yeah. think it was ever really a bad area. It's where the Winter Hill gang originally was. Ooh, <laughs> or no. some of it. <laughs> oh, no. Rut row. Rut row, indeed. Um, but, no, so, again, don't, guys, girls, don't pull a Warner. Yes. And Also, going back to what you, you were saying, yes, Roxbury is becoming, like, Queens or Brooklyn because... This goes with my theory. If you open up a Shake Shack, your area becomes nicer. They opened up a Shake Shack in Chestnut Hill. They opened up a Shake Shack in <laughs> Roxbury. Shake Shack. Changing the, the world. Denominator. And you know where the... <laughs> One crinkle cut fry at a time. And it all started in Harvard Square. Did it? The first... Uh, when they brought Shake Shack from New York to Massachusetts, it was Harvard What's Square. What's the famous burger place we went to that's in Harvard Square? Or uh, like not too far? Bartley's. Bartley's? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And right across there is their rival. Let e- me tell you, Bartley's like, <laughs> I that is like- The greasiest burger you've ever had. But also like, I, I don't know, it's just like a post-corona thing, but like- I can't even imagine sitting that close to somebody again. <laughs> like they, they like wedge you in there with complete strangers. Yes, I'll take my Bartleys to go. I gotta get to Professor Victor Garber's creepy law class. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, where they literally have a a a fake, I guess a fake trial about you know sperm donorship. Yeah. Unless the defendant attempted to contact every single one-night stand to determine if a child resulted in those unions, he has no parental claim over this child whatsoever. Why now? Why this sperm? I see your point. And for that matter, all masturbatory emissions where his sperm was clearly not seeking an egg could be termed reckless abandonment. I believe you've just won your case. Which is great. It's a really, actually a really good example of, like, you know, the 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 legal court cases you get into. Yeah. And how they're defended. Like, someone would, honestly, Elle's argument, a law school student would totally bring that up. Because it undermines the whole, you know, idea of paternity and everything. So, so Legal Eagles covered this. And- oh, did you watch the Legal Eagles video? Because I... Yeah. Obviously, we, we, we tackled different so, videos. So his his point that he made is when they're deciding for L to get in for the admissions, he's like, it doesn't matter if she majored in fashion design. Yeah. Uh, because like undergrad, I he said that he, he was like a media buyer before he went to law school or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it doesn't really matter what your undergrad was. So and that- also, like, there's different aspects of the law. I'm sure, like, there's, like, you know, intellectual property a lot when it comes to fashion as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a stretch in Tom any... Tom Ford, they yeah. all need lawyers. It's not a stretch in any, in any field to get introduced to the legal aspects of it and yeah. then also pursue a law degree from there. Right. And he also pointed out that in the law class, L brought up really good points for the the whole donor. Yeah, because he's like, that's just a plus work. Yeah, 
Well, that's that's just, you know, like debate class. You just find the workaround. Right, exactly. And I love how the advisor advising Elle to go, not to go to, to law school is Miss Grokey from Recess. And yeah. And she's like, yes, but you know, ha- can- I have a 4.0 in fashion merchandising. It, I, I love how she's like, no one's going to care that you got a 4.0 in the history of polka dots. I was like, whoa, I'll have you know that the history of John polka dots, the captain of the of the British Navy during the Revolutionary War is very important. None of that happened. <laughs> what if what if there was a John polka dots? I really, truly hope there was. <laughs> I hope that like I am serving King George, (laughs) his royal majesty of House Windsor. Why are they called polka dots? I don't know. See, this is why we need to take history of polka dots. (laughs) Um, But so she but again, 4.0 in fashion merchandising, establishing she is a smart person. Right. She is very dedicated. It's just she doesn't know what she's signing up for. She doesn't know like the the counterculture i would say that she's throwing herself into she she doesn't know basically she comes from a rich family but she doesn't come from like a legacy family i'll call it like like the kennedys are generations of yeah exactly like yeah that's a good point i would like especially like with the east coast and like with harvard it's very much about legacy it's very much about like certain families and who they know. Right. Whereas in the West Coast, I think it's just it's it's like that whole East Egg West Egg, new money versus old money. Right. So and that like that's I think that's really what Warner means when he says I need a Jackie, not a Marilyn. Because who does she say her two neighbors are? Richard Simmons and Aaron Aaron Spelling. Yeah, yeah, I'm not exactly trailer trash. My neighbors are Richard Simmons and Aaron Spelling. Yeah. I mean, I doubt Richard Simmons lives in a mansion, but okay. There is a podcast dedicated to where is Richard Simmons, right? Where in the world is Richard Simmons right now? (laughs) Right behind you. Like a pony. Kick higher. He turned Um, 70 today. Today is actually his birthday. Oh, Good for him. Good for him. But yes, I still don't get. But yeah, so she, you know, this whole, like, like I said, the East Coast, West Coast thing, new money, old money, Marilyn, Jackie, it's, it's all to the point that there are different types of intelligence, I think. And like, you know, I forget if it was my valedictorian. That made the speech or like a different valedictorian who's like a, a different graduation I went to. But there was a speaker at a graduation who said, um, you know, just because I stand up here does not mean I am the smartest person in my class. There are many different types of, you know, intelligence. I could, you know, I, you know, I could write a great, great essay on like, you know, uh, pride and prejudice but there's people here who know how to change a tire and my valedictorian like, said dance like no one's watching <laughs> love like no one cares they and laugh they? like <laughs> yes they did they did not yes no they also quoted what's that song i hope you dance because they did not yes they did oh my god is that trisha yearwood who who's saying I yes hope? i think so yeah she's like 
As Trisha Yearwood said, I hope you dance. So remember, dance like no one's watching. She would have been better off copying Elle Woods' speech. Yes. Because at least there's like... I would have wanted her to copy Willem Dafoe's speech from The Simpsons when he was when he was the naval uh, school <laughs> principal. The wars of the future will not be fought on a battlefield or at sea. They will be fought in space or possibly on top of a very tall mountain. In either case, most of the actual fighting will be done by small robots. And as you go forth today, remember always, your duty is clear to build and maintain those robots. That's the speech I would have given. <laughs> That's the speech I want to hear. Willem Dafoe did I it just, on The Simpsons. Like, I just, I love it when valedictorians go off the rails. Uh, but, so, um... Know what I would have done for a valedictorian speech? What? I would have stolen Tom Cruise's speech from Jerry Maguire, come on stage late, all disheveled, and be like, I know what you're all thinking, and I'm not going to just freak out! <laughs> oh, okay. I, Jesus. <laughs> Everyone's eardrums okay? <laughs> Mic check, one, two. <laughs> I just um, would have done something ridiculous. You can't see it, but everyone just ripped out their earbuds. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or 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 done the buckaroo bonsai. Hey, everyone, don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Yes, it's in your intro. We're very familiar with that. <laughs> um, but oh yeah, there's also Abraham Lincoln's speech from A Million Ways to Die in the West. <laughs> or <laughs> Abraham Lincoln's speech from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's the one I would have done. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Four score and seven minutes ago, our most excellent friends. Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would have been like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Um, but so, again, going back to Elle Woods, she's, she's an incredibly intelligent person. Like, she's... like there, there's She's the, funny. Right, yeah. She's sweet. Right from the get-go, the, the, like, they establish her character where she's in the store, which is her bread and butter. She's in a department store buying a dress. Because, again, she thinks she's going to get proposed to. And so she wants to, you know, look the part for her MRS degree. Right. And and that that the freaking sales, sales, is, sales clerk is, is basically like, you know what? I love dumb blondes. And yeah, they're great for commission. And so she t- rips off the sales tag and she's like, here I go, making money. And, like, Elle Woods immediately, like, Takes you know, her apart. Takes her apart. It's like, oh, you can't use a half loop stitch on like rayon or whatever. And, you know, and I I know that this is last season. Yeah. So, again, establishing she has very good memory. She's very good at sizing people up. And she uses legal jargon in everyday life. (laughs) I object. (laughs) Hubba hubba. Um, But those are all characteristics of a good lawyer. Exactly. Yeah. After he breaks up with her. Yeah, I'm sorry, but her logic is crazy. Like, I'm going to follow him to Harvard Law. Well, again, she doesn't know who she is. Like, she hasn't fully esta- like established who she is as a person. She th- she was so latched on to this idea that she's going to get married. She's going to, like, live the lifestyle that her parents have. And what uh, Warner is going to be bringing home the bacon, probably. Right. But she can bring her own bacon. She can bring she can home bring the whole all the fucking, fucking pig. All the fucking bacon. She'll bring home the freaking pig. Yep. And um, and 
cut it apart like that woman in that documentary you were watching. Can I just say, when she's walking away and he's like riding alongside in the car and he's like, oh, Pooh Bear, get in. You're going to you're going to destroy your shoes. And she stops and like she she, you know, instantly we see. Yeah, she gets in. Here's the thing, though. Every girl knows when he says you're going to ruin your shoes. What we hear is you're going to hurt your feet. Like you're going to destroy your feet. That's the reason I did not wear heels to our wedding. Yes. It's like I wore the heels. Yeah, you you wore the heels. (laughs) (laughs) And they looked lovely on you, might I say. Actually, my shoes did have a have a lift in them. Yeah. 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 Because you're a tree and I'm short. (laughs) You're not that short. Um, But yeah, but I just like, you know, it's meant to be like. It's, it portrays her as more materialistic but at the same time i it's like we all know what that really what she's really thinking like oh fuck i'm gonna destroy my feet <laughs> so the one thing i remember the most about this movie is i saw it on rental i didn't see it in theaters mm-hmm. but i remember she won the mtv movie award for best comedic performance mm-hmm. and she basically kind of insulted her daughter <gasps> When she won the award, because she goes, what? She goes, my daughter uh, well, looks exactly like her. But by the remember, way. her daughter was a little like three-year-old or four-year-old girl at the time. Uh-huh. She- so I said, Ava, honey, who's funnier, mommy or the donkey? <laughs> and she said, Mommy, I love you, but you're really silly, and a donkey is very funny. So thank you, MTV. Thank you for everybody who voted for me. And honey, mommy is silly and funny now. That's the, I don't think that's making fun of her daughter. <laughs> then she then she lit out a cigarette on someone's face and drove on a Harley. <laughs> no, I think that's just like the classic parenting. Like we're, we're she's saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, you we've heard uh, what's his name? Um josh gad how his kids talk about like elsa and how olaf is just you know whatever he's olaf yeah (laughs) but i will say that this movie the point is parents you will never be cool in your child's eyes (laughs) so i looked up the guy who directed this movie is robert ludick Mm -hmm. luptic loop l-u-k-e-t-i-c yeah, I think Luke Dick. Yeah, Luke what, Dick. whatever. So his his filmography is so like it's so all over the place because it goes from this to Win a Date with Tad Hamilton to Twenty One, okay. the card counting movie, to Killers with Ashton Kutcher and uh, uh, Catherine Heigl. Then he does another rom com, and then another action movie. Like he's all over the place, mm. and and Hollywood was like, no, just stick to the rom coms. You you do really well with rom coms because you know. Spoiler alert! I actually love Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. I really like it. I think it's. I've good. never seen it, so I can't. I haven't seen actually any of those movies. You haven't seen Twenty One? Nope. Robert Lutick is the guy who gave Josh Gad his start because oh, Josh cool. Gad. One of his first roles was in 21. Oh, I thought his first role was like Love and Other Drugs. No, no. That was his 
first leading role. Oh, yeah. Where he plays... A sex addict. Well, no. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal's brother. Jake Gyllenhaal's brother. Because when I... I love Josh Gad, but, you know... Oh, no. He he acknowledges. He's like... He, like, jokingly was like, yeah, because they couldn't get anyone who looks like... Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, the, the thing that's funny about that is... The year before, Tobey Maguire played Jake Gyllenhaal's brother, mm-hmm. and they look alike. And then a year later, Josh Gad. Yeah. So yeah, Robert Luktyk like does really well with rom coms, and he gets it. And on paper, I can see why some like a lot of those actresses might have read this as a very shallow movie yeah but kate again, bosworth kate they, bosworth was one of the actresses who turned it down and she felt bad about it that she did win a day but with they Hamilton underestimated the script just like they underestimate the character okay so excuse me while i adjust my monocle <laughs> also i thought that you were gonna get upset watching this because you love the movie hellboy and in this movie i do love the movie hellboy selma blair plays but she's not the true like she, no I you know in watching that well I, even before I watched that like film analysis of like the different characters and like it was based around their outfits but the uh, the way their outfits told a story about each character yeah and so and so much of the movie revolves around fashion anyway that what it's, did like, they say about Luke Wilson's clothes what did they said nothing they said nothing they didn't say wow because <laughs> it's not important. And also, he doesn't have any, like, iconic fashion moments in the movie. Not in this, he but in Royal get, Tenenbaums, he does. He doesn't get the the pink, uh, the pink, like, sparkly dress at the end. Yes. Um, <laughs> much to his chagrin. I will but, say this movie is what got Selma Blair Hellboy. Really? Yeah, Guillermo del Toro is like, I actually really like the movie. I don't know why I turned into Josh Gad when I did Guillermo del Toro. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, guys, I really like uh, Hellboy. <laughs> Um, but Guillermo del Toro was like, yeah, I really like uh, uh, Legally Blonde. And I saw Selma Blair in it. And I thought she was... Now I just want to see Guillermo del Toro in a Snuggie with a bowl of popcorn watching Legally Blonde. It's the only way to watch it. Yes. It, it, this The movie is so iconic, but it's also like cross-generational. It's a lot of people you wouldn't expect to like it enjoy I it. I thought you almost were going to say cross multiverse. I'm like, <laughs> how does that work? Yes, except that occupies a universe where brunettes are discriminated against and seen as ditzy. Yeah, that's where Jennifer Love Hewitt is in that version. <laughs> there we go. All the actresses who like are actually playing it in those different multiverses. That's where Charlize Theron is playing Selma Blair's role. Yeah. Um... But no, I just, it's like Rick and Morty. It all comes full circle. I want to. Hello. I want to see, see Legally Blonde in different, in different universes. Legal, legally Brown. Yeah, Legally Brown. But yeah, I just, so I was thinking about it. Legally Brunette, rather. Yeah, Legally Brunette. I was, I was trying to think of what movie Charlize Theron did instead of this. And she did. Reindeer games with Bennett. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! So the one thing that we talk did... about playing reindeer games with your career, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Then she won an Oscar two years later. How about that airplane food? <laughs> okay. 
Um, so the theme song to this movie is Perfect Day by Hoku. Right, which is is a really good opener because it, it, it puts us in the same mindset as Elle Woods. Yeah, that- but I, I was telling you that the reason why this movie was, or this song was in this movie is because there was a mix-up with the soundtrack licensing rights. The The song that was meant for this movie was Another Dumb Blonde by Hoku. And they, they're like, oh, it's Perfect Day, right? And like... That one went, another dumb blonde went to Snow Day. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. <laughs> and, and Perfect Day went to this movie because they came out like two months apart. They're like, oh no, we mixed them up. What that's, do we do? That's, like I can just picture like there was like somebody spilled the coffee on like all the CDs in, like in the sound mixing booth and they're like, oh, this one. <laughs> oh no, you got Reese Witherspoon on, on my... <laughs> Perfect day. As a callback, you could say it's like uh, when Fire Saga was chosen to be in the Iceland finals for uh, the... Wrong podcast, Haley. Listen, I'm doing a crossover, okay? Wrong podcast. I don't see Lil's here. (laughs) She's here in spirit. Yeah, but watching this made me realize, ah, shit. For hell is a musical, we're gonna have to do Legally Blonde the musical, aren't we? Yeah, you just might. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ugh. Good thing I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> that that you put out a cigarette on my face and <laughs> rode on your Harley. The whole movie time is very weird in this film. Yeah. Because like two years go by. But then it says that it's still the first year, but they said that first years can't be part of the internship. But then- uh, well, I think I think that's with discretion from the um from the professor. But of all of the students, the one who should be part of this internship and is not is the Will Ferrell looking guy. Yeah. Like that guy, first off, he's my favorite character in this movie. I love him. Yeah, because especially when he's the he. So when she goes to Harvard, they're on the quad and like they're they've broken up into groups and they're introducing like everybody. And he like he's kind of got like crazy hair. He's yeah, it's just kind of greasy. I just get the sense because the guy with the crazy hair is the one who claimed that uh, um, Stephen Hawking. Yes, yeah, stole his theory of. Uh, theory of a uh, everything yeah or something something like that it's yeah. been suggested that stephen hawking stole uh his a theory, brief history of a time brief history of time from my from my fourth grade paper yeah not that guy the other guy the other guy who is by far the my... one um l smacks across the face in an attempt to help him yeah that scene is so sweet because like is there anything but also just the look on his face like i thought we were friends yeah but like a brief moment of absolute. I love how they establish their friendship in the most trivial throwaway five seconds of the movie. They become friends when he reaches a tall book. Yeah. On a shelf. And he's like, here you go. Yeah. Um, but I, I do wish that it was Will Ferrell in that role. That guy did look like Will Ferrell. I will say. And also the other reason I relate to this is because like in. There were some women in my classes, but as, you know, as when I was in criminal justice, 
we were it was vastly overpopulated with men yeah and typically more older so uh, i i definitely understand like the feelings of Elle on her first day like when she's in class and didn't you say you, know, you had a professor who reminded you of holland taylor in this oh absolutely and she was a professor I absolutely loved. Also, I have to say the biggest lot. And she was very much in that vein too, like that same temperament, that same like she would she would push you. Yeah, the biggest flawed logic in this movie, like the one problem I had in this very ridiculous movie, is and this is what broke me, everyone, mm-hmm. the fact that of all of the hairdressers that Holland Taylor would go to, she would go to Jennifer Coolidge's. Yeah, I was like. That's the best place what? in Harvard Square for you to go? Well, well, but here's the thing. Well, hey, Neptune's Palace. Now I really want there to be a Neptune's Palace in Harvard Square just for like, because it's that low key, just like Easter egg. And I work here too. I'm Jennifer Coolidge's sister, <laughs> Owen Wilson. He's just in denim and like he's got like like butterfly clips in his hair. <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to do that for Haley Owen Wilson meeting Jennifer Coolidge. Oh hey Owen. Oh hey Jennifer. So good to see you. Good to see you too. Ah, oh, you look like the Fourth of July. Makes me want a hot dog real bad. Um, good old Jennifer Coolidge. Maybe you should cut that where it's instead of a hot dog, she says bagel. <laughs> makes me want a bagel really bad <laughs> yeah i'll do a cameo i'll I'll spend three hundred dollars on a cameo of jennifer <laughs> coolidge going hey scott it's me jennifer coolidge you're listening to writer's bagel basket it makes me want a bagel real bad honestly worth the money the more you talk about it, the better it sounds. Maybe I should start a Patreon. Tweet at me. Should I start a Patreon where I get Jennifer Coolidge? <laughs> just The Patreon's just to get money to get Jennifer Coolidge to do yeah. a cameo. But yeah, her first day, Elle's first day in class where she, everybody's got their laptops. And she's, she's got the in what cutest she, little yeah, flip she, pad. She's just, yeah, the, the cutest little like heart-shaped notebook. Oh, I thought she's it was got an acorn. But. Nope. She's got her fluffy pen, and which is very 2000s. Oh, going back to Legal Eagles, when she asks if there is like any like clam bakes or any. Yeah. He said it's not out of the realm of possibility for there to be parties and like social events. So, oh, there absolutely are. At so kind of screw this guy for being a dick. Yeah, but again, they're judging her on her appearance. She's like, she's totally like a standout with her bright pinks. She like, there's a backdrop of browns, navies, creams. Like she's just a total 180 from everybody else there. But yeah, there's there's definitely social events at Harvard. Yes. Maybe they're not to the degree where they're like, well, hey, you never well, she know. She creates her own there social events. They're probably standing over a keg somewhere. She creates her own social events when she goes and sunbathes during, what is it, a rugby game? Yeah. I I was saying, watching this, she must have been so comfortable because she's wearing, like, Muppets. She's wearing, like, Sesame Street characters on her, like, the entire movie. Yep, and the iconic, like, glitter bikini moment yes. that she has. Hey! Um, wh- what would you say is your favorite outfit 
in this movie. And it doesn't have to be Elle's. It can be anybody's. It's Owen Wilson's outfit in the bookstore. Oh, for the love of God. Okay. <laughs> Luke Wilson's outfit. I'm sorry. Sorry, I got that wrong. Seriously? No. But I do like I do like um Jennifer Coolidge's velour jogging suit when they do the, the bend and snap. Oh yeah. The little purple number. She's like, Am I doing this right? <laughs> it's called the bend and snap. Watch this. <gasps> I think I dropped something on the floor that I need to pick up. So you bend and snap. See? I don't know why I sound like Ninny and Nanny from Last Buck. Hi, I'm Ninny. Hi, I'm Nanny. Yeah. No, but I love her little purple velour do- jogging suit with the, the orange t-shirt. Yeah. I th- I think that I like Jennifer Coolidge's costumes and uh, Alana Ubeck and the other retired actress. I thought you were going to say Chutney. At the end, you hid the gun, didn't you, Chutney? Oh, her name was Chutney. Yeah. Oh, Velma from Scooby Doo. Yeah. Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Which, if this was uh, Christina Applegate as L and Linda Cardellini, they would have been together before Dead to Me started. That Netflix show that they have together. Oh, I wouldn't know. It would have been a reunion. <laughs> And she would have looked like the 4th of July. But that leads me down a rabbit hole. Like, if Christina Applegate took this role, then would have she got walked the line? Scott, Scott, this is a parallel universe's problem. But I need to know, because from this movie, she got, like, bigger roles. She got Just Like Heaven. She got Walk the Line. So now I need to know, would have Christina Applegate won an Oscar? Again, this is a parallel but universe. I need pro- to know. No, no, let it go. Let it go. I can't. It's killing me. <laughs> um, but I would say I think my favorite outfit has to be. Oh goodness. I mean, I really like the like the. Brooke Wyndham's outfit that you said that they would not let her wear. No, no, no. I I really love almost like the subtle nod to like a judge's robes that Elle wears, but she makes it her own. Oh, the one where she compliments Vivian? Yeah. 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 Um, And then... I just like velour, yeah. so, so anything Jennifer Coolidge is wearing. And maybe, honestly, maybe the bunny outfit... <laughs> It's just so it, again it's 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 iconic you know I mean it's it's tying into it's the whole It's the meanest thing in the whole movie for them to But you know what? She, she takes it in stride. I I But also, she knows she know she's like the soonest she gets there she's like oh shit. And but then she like she doesn't like immediately leave she doesn't turn around she walks through the party and is like I need to find Warner. I also love how she doesn't go directly back to her room before getting the the, the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> she goes directly to get the laptop. But they're very consistent with her character because she's so driven. She doesn't leave the party. She does, and like, in, in that instant where she realizes, oh no, I'm going to beat this guy and show him what he's really missing. Right. And not just like by getting into the school, I'm going to excel. 
and and then in that moment it doesn't matter what she's wearing she go like you said she goes to the computer store she starts you know buckling down also for anyone listening who is a mac fan that laptop the imac laptop mm-hmm. was so popular from this movie that they had the to orange st- one well the orange the blue the, yeah. there was a line of them yeah they were so popular and sold out right away that they had to stop making them. I remember those. Those were just so... I mean, those are right in line with, uh, you know, like, what was early 2000s where, like, the... like the Tamagotchis? <laughs> no, those were earlier. Um, like, I would say... Uh, oh, my goodness. What, what were they? they were, like, the chokers, but they were... Oh, like the, the lacy chokers? Yeah. Kinda, I know what you're yeah, talking about. I know. Know what they're called. I know the plastic, but they're like slightly lacy chokers, which are back in style now, of course. Yeah, I so growing up when I was when this movie came out, I was in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. and I remember that a girl in I think for our not our our cotillion hate saying this because Haley always makes fun of me. Cotillion. For the eighth grade cotillion, someone dressed up like Elle Woods. Good for them. Yeah, they they wore a pink dress with sleeves, uh-huh. and I was like, "You look very comfortable." And they're like, "I am." I'm like, "Do you want to dance?" And they're like, "No, thanks." I'm like, "Okay." This <laughs> Wait, was... so when but when you say like Elle Woods, so do you just mean the pink color, or it looked like her her trial? Oh, oh it looked okay. like the trial dress. Oh, cool. And I was like, you look very comfortable. Do you want to dance? No, I think we should just be friends. Okay, I'll go get some punch. <laughs> In eighth grade, Scott wah, was really wah, chubby. Wah. Scott was really chubby in the eighth and grade. And Lily moves ever closer <laughs> to uh, Scott's face. Thank you, Lily. <laughs> but yeah, so I th- I think with this movie, it's one of those films where you know, growing up, I was like, no, I don't like that movie. That 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 movie's for girls. And now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, that movie's great. <laughs> well, again, it, it, you know, it's just, like I said, on the surface, it seems like a very shallow chick flick. But once you, like, really watch it through and, like, you know, through the right lens. Yeah, the, the sequel's the shallow chick flick. I be. guess I, I honestly I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it. The only thing Nothing. anyone remembers about that movie is that for some reason Bob Newhart's in it and Jennifer Coolidge says the hot dog line. That's about yeah, it. that's it. I, oh, and it ends with her wanting to become the president. First, yeah. And then all of a sudden the White House turns pink. <laughs> or is it the Capitol? Yeah. One, one uh, famous icon in Washington turns pink. And I just remember being like, eh. Yeah, I, I I can live without seeing that movie again. No, but I wanna I wanna see a third version of this movie where it's a flat out drama. Yeah, like it, you know, she's in her dark and gritty years of being a lawyer. Yeah, like like her kid. It's like defending Jacob. I feel like we always say that with every movie we review. Like, there has to be a dark and grittier version of this. Yeah. I want to see defending Jacob, but with Legally Blonde 3. Like, her her kid is accused of committing a murder. and Oh, God. No, I don't like that. But then it's like the same end trial no, of this. No. And it turns out it was a perm again. 
If in fact you weren't washing your hair, as I suspect you weren't because your curls are still intact, wouldn't you have heard the gunshot? And if in fact you had heard the gunshot, Brooke Wyndham wouldn't have had time to hide the gun before you got downstairs, which would mean that you would have had to have found Mrs. Wyndham with a gun in her hand to make your story plausible. Isn't that right? She's my age. Did she tell you that? How would you feel if your father married someone who was your age? You, however, had time to hide the gun, didn't you, Chutney? After you shot your father. I didn't mean to shoot him. I thought it was you walking through the door. Wait, you took a shower? Yeah, something where she, like, it all comes down to, like, a person's hair care regime. Yeah, like, the the first hour and a half of the movie is very, like, dramatic and sad. And then for no reason, the last 30 to 45 minutes becomes a flat-out comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Legally Blonde 3. But so, like, Hire me to write it, Hollywood. So, um... In terms of this movie being iconic, I say that not lightly because, like, there's so many moments that everybody remembers. Like you said, the second one is not memorable at all. This one has, you know, the, like, you know, like, the, what? Like, it's hard. Like, that, yeah, that line the, sticks out in everybody's memory. The the bunny outfit. The who got the fourth spot? Yeah. Me! <laughs> Me! Do you remember when we spent those four amazing hours in the hot tub after winter formal? Yeah, no. <clears throat> this is so much better than that. Oh, yes, and of course, the bend and snap, which we haven't even talked about. And we don't have to. Yes, we do. I always hate Yes, it. we do. So, but in the sense that we have to talk about it because nobody just came up with that. Somebody on that set, one of, somebody in that writer's room, like, you don't just pull the bend and snap out of thin air. That had to already exist. You mean like how when Harry met Sally, when the whole scene in the diner comes from a conversation that Nora Ephron had with one of her male friends where she actually had to fake the thingy? Really? Yeah. I mean, I figured that had to come from somewhere. Yeah. Like, Nora Ephron. But she actually, you know. Yeah. And, and Billy Crystal and Ro- Robin, huh, I almost said Robin Williams, Rob Reiner didn't believe her. And she's like, gentlemen <laughs> gentlemen please <laughs> lend me your ears uh but but again that yeah like like you said that had to be drawn from a person's personal experience yeah whether that was like a girlfriend's like Funny famous was Reese Witherspoon. maybe Better maybe that's 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 just how things go that's how reese witherspoon ended up dating paul walker before she ended up with Ryan Philippi. <laughs> the bend and snap worked on the set of Pleasantville. Um, did you did you have a, a go to uh, move when you were younger? No, I was. Did you, what was Scott's bend and snap? I was too afraid of rejection <laughs> that I would be like, "Hey, your bend and snap was staying inside." <laughs> My my bend and snap was being like, hey, want to go to the movies with me? And a bunch of other people. <laughs> I shift, I shift, I shift. <laughs> you go, you dive in, and then you pull it back. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's sort of a bend and snap. Yeah, because I didn't want a girl to be like, I just like you as a friend, chubby 13-year-old Scott. Okay, well, now you're just getting too down on yourself. Well. That makes me sad. <laughs> To be fair, a lot of my friends were a lot, you know, 
athletic and had frosted tips and i was just a chubby boy with ah the frosted tips yeah and every time i saw them i just heard do 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 the sky was bull i feel like that was the theme song to everyone who had frosted tips yeah like the year of my bar mitzvah is when third eye blind came out so that was a very do 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 bar mitzvah that in in Mambo number five. Oh yeah, yeah. Mambo Word number five. two three four five. All the hair tips are frosted in. Let's jive. Are mm. you proud of yourself? No, I should have stopped with the do do. Yeah, yeah. You really should have <laughs> <laughs> put that on a bumper sticker. I should have stopped with the do do do's. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this was also. I don't think I had a bend and snap. I think I just had the, hey, we're all going to the movies as friends, everyone. I mean, it did work. You got me. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. But I I didn't Except know. Except all the other people bailed out. Yeah, the other people were the ones who set up our date. Mm-hmm. And then they left. And then we were on a date. And now we're married. And we have three dogs. And we all, yeah, and then we all, we ugly cried during Fault in Our Stars and flash forward but but again that you don't get like you don't just pull the bend and snap out of thin air yeah what if it was jennifer coolidge ah this is what i do i would love it if that jennifer coolidge came up with that and i love her whole saga of you know, she like L help helps empower her to take back her dog and find herself a man <laughs> who delivers very large who, packages. Who I thought was Brian Cranston. I thought so too. He, and thinking back on it, like I always this thought, would have been Malcolm in the Middle, Seinfeld, Brian Cranston. So it would have been possible. Before I knew who Brian Cranston was, I always thought Brian Cranston was that character. Like I always thought it was the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, even though I didn't know who who it was. Yeah. It just, ha- he has that, like, sort of face. Right. But it's not Brian Cranston. Mm. Um, so, would you feel comfortable, just out of curiosity? I'm not doing the bend and snap for you, Haley. No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, you'll do it later. No. Um, <laughs> no, but would you feel comfortable having Elle Woods as your attorney? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, because... Well, she gains the client's trust, which is super important. She treats uh, her client like a human being. And she honors the promises that she's made. She just has bad names coming up for, you know, getting into the actual prison to see them. Miss Delta knew. Yeah, that's where she went well. (laughs) (laughs) But I love. Oh yeah, that's another iconic line. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people don't kill their husbands. I I just love ladies. (laughs) I just also love the fact that she gets the alibi Mm -hmm. and a good lawyer. This is what legal eagles pointed out. A good lawyer, once you get the trust of your client, you don't have to give the alibi. It would be great if they would be willing to, but if they're not comfortable doing it. Don't break the trust of your client. Well, again, yeah, you're there to serve your client. And you, yes, of course, you want to provide the best defense possible. And a good alibi is part of that. But 
but you have to honor your client's wishes because you are there to represent them. And um, so the fact that she, I mean, we all know why <laughs> Brooke Wyndham. Yeah. I love that moment where she's like, oh, what? Liverpool section. What? Liverpool section! <gasps> <laughs> no! I love how she's like, I brought you the Bible. It Cosmo. Yeah. Honestly, that's better reading than anything you can find in prison. <laughs> I don't want to read Curious George again. <laughs> the Count of Monte Cristo. Hey, I'm getting Oh, an you're idea. not even getting that. Like, you're just getting like. I'm thinking of Shawshank. Oh, really? The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumbass Dumas. Mm. Is that in the movie? Yeah. I don't remember that line. Yeah. You should read it. It's about a prison break. And and Morgan Freeman says, we should put that in recreation and learning, too. Yep. I So, Victor Garber in this movie is... It makes me sad watching Victor Garber in this movie because I love Victor Garber. Well, you love him as an actor. I do, but he's such a, a dick. And it turns out that he actually is filling in. That role was supposed to be Kevin Kline. Oh, I can see. Yeah, I can really see either or. Yeah, and I'm glad it was Victor Garber because you know how I feel about Kevin Klein. <laughs> I love Kevin Klein. Well, but again, the mark of a good actor is also their ability to play a villain. <sighs> no. <laughs> because villains are more dynamic. I know, you know? I know. And true. that's what he won an Oscar for, Kevin Klein. Yeah. Who, but- wait, who was the villain? Kevin Klein in A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, yeah, that's right. He okay. won the Oscar. Yeah. But but Victor Garber in this, he, he's so creepy from the get-go. Well, yeah, kind of. Well, what I like is they juxtapose him with um, the other professor, who's a woman. Yeah. And she is, like, really hard on Elle right from the get-go. Whereas Victor Garber's kind of like iffy about her but you get the sense that he's more on her side and he's like i was wrong about you and right and then he comes around quicker than the other professor or at least we think he does yeah and then he says get out of my dreams and in my car basically (laughs) (laughs) but again it's that whole everybody underestimates her everybody like you know doesn't think She's worthy to become a lawyer. Yeah, and that's where... Okay, so when when Vivian and Elle finally become friends, and then all of a sudden she turns on a dime, you pointed out the fact that she's like, "Uh, Vivian, why don't you just spy a little longer to find out... Yeah, but it's a movie, and they never do. They never stick around long enough. Like, if if I was in Vivian's place, you wait. Yeah. Like, you wait to see how this is gonna unfold. You don't just like because I know. I do love Luke Wilson's like you don't even know what you're talking about yeah but this is again this is the Vivian comes upon Elle at a very bad moment when uh, yeah. her professor's hitting on her yeah and and she takes it the entirely wrong way yes and I I love how that that just leads to Brooklyn to being like you're fired I'm gonna go with that girl well I think it it's like it's like. Sh- uh, she take she starts to take Elle's side one because she starts to see the darkness in Warner, but also she's kind of I think she's kind of drawn to Elle's very magnetic, happy, 
positive personality because she's so used to seeing things in black and white and Elle's the epitome of gray. Yes. And so I think the more time she spends with her, she's she starts to get pulled in. I also love... She's that, pulled into the pink t- tornado. <laughs> I also love to establish that... Is his name David? The the guy who... The Will Ferrell guy? David. <laughs> the, the Will Ferrell law student? No, Emmett. No, not Luke Wilson's character. The the Will Ferrell looking guy. Oh, I forget. I honestly But I love remember. how he becomes her like assistant. Yeah, in the trial. Yeah, and I love I love how to establish that that this is a Boston based boy. He's wearing new balances. Is that a Boston thing? Yes, it is. I mean, yeah, I, I would yeah. yeah. New balances. It it was originally supposed to be called new boston's yeah and then they went with new balance but yes they're like we're in massachusetts he's wearing new balances (laughs) (laughs) because new balance didn't become a thing till 2002 like this movie helped those shoes really take off okay but it's inherently a boston thing i'm still not no the 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 factory started in boston oh there we go okay yeah you didn't explain that okay just like how converses started on the moon (laughs) No, Converse's started in uh, Rhode Island. To quote uh, L, I'm not that blonde. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. Oh, even though my hair is slightly uh, L's signature color, I've got a little bit of pink going on. Yes. And you're normally a blonde. Yes. (laughs) But I do love the fact that like in the trial, it's the shortest trial ever. It's like three days long. Well, if you're a good lawyer, it better be a short trial. But that's where we get the whole pool boy thing. Yep. Oh, here we go. Yeah. It's... And here we are. <laughs> I, do, I do love Luke Wilson's only one who believes her. And and he's like, I'm going to try something. And then. Which it is a good strategy. You do have to be on your toes. When you're on the stand, because you will be people like, you know, counsel will try to trip you up. They sometimes they'll ask you things in a fast fashion. Right. Because they want to make sure you're, you know, your story and it's the truth and it's not rehearsed. Right. So that's what Luke, Luke Wilson's character is doing. Right. And but yeah, they're outing someone on the stand. Yeah, it's not good. And I mean. Granted, Brooke's life is on the line, her life and her livelihood, but it and doesn't thereafter age the truth. Well. No, it doesn't age well. Oh my god! I just realized we're doing this on the twentieth anniversary of this movie. We are. Yeah, Yay. It, came out, it came out in two thousand one. Oh, look at that. Yep. I mean, we're not doing it in April, but mm. but we're doing it on the anniversary. Congratulations! Twenty wonderful years. Yay! Next year, <laughs> Legally Blonde, you'll be able to drink. <laughs> But I do love the fact that uh, everyone who underestimates her, even in the final trial, is kind of on her side. Like Raquel Welsh, who plays uh, Chutney's mom. and the, She's not on her side. When she says something. What is when she's it? like, oh, you, you know, you have fabulous cheekbones. And her mom is like, oh, not just that. But in the actual trial, she says something and. That is fashion related. And she goes, oh, and like 
I don't I don't recall. But but I I just love the fact that but th- they, no, they, they have a L has a way of getting people on her side. This is true. Again, and, the mark of a good lawyer. Right. Except for the judge. <laughs> the judge is like, make your point. Well, judges don't have a lot of patience. In particular instances, like they like people. I mean, it was like um, it, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. You know, they like people who know how to do their jobs and they don't have time to entertain, you know, people who don't. And of course, Elle does, you know, struggle a little bit at the get go. With get-go. the two Utes? Huh? With the two Utes? Utes. <laughs> the two Utes. Um, also, the actress who plays the judge, she is the Pine Sol lady. Oh, yeah. She is the Pine Sol lady. That's what, because like, <laughs> this is going to go back to what I was saying. Uh, to Christopher Brown in the Shaun the Dead episode. But when I found actors I liked, I would be like, I hope they're getting work. And she was one of them. I'm like, she used to sell pine salt. I like her. I hope there's food on the table. (laughs) (laughs) I hope she can provide for her family. Honestly, after this, probably. Yeah, she's got them. You got those royalties. She's got them legally blonde bucks and some pine salt money. Yeah. Honestly, I bet Pine Sol pays really well. Just like how uh, Flo, she never has to act a day nope. in her life. Nope, she's got that sweet, sweet progressive money. For 20 years, she's been the spokesperson for progressive. Yep, and people still love her. Yep. I don't get it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to hate on Flo. Just like how part of the reason why Cusack hasn't been around doing a ton of movies is because he's the voice of Chevy. Mm-hmm. He's been the voice of Chevy for 20 years. If you mm-hmm. get, if you get a commercial. Yeah. Like the mayhem guy. Um, yeah. But the mayhem guy also is on. Oh Brooklyn yeah. He's Nine-Nine. on other. Yeah. He's on other. He's the vulture. Too. But still. But I, I just love in the whole trial. That's why I like this movie so much is because of the trial itself. The trial is, it's rare to have the pinnacle. Like, I mean, in the highs and lows of a movie you don't want like well i mean you do want kind of like the greatest point of the movie to be the end but it's just yeah it's it's rare like in a especially with a courtroom drama you'd expect there to be more of that courtroom drama to be in the middle right but this is totally at the end because the whole point of the movie is to show that she is getting really good at law school. Oh, the one thing we didn't point out is her grades on the MTELs. Not the MTELs, the LSATs. Why do you keep doing I that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> on on the LSATs. She got a 178 or... One, Nine. 179. Oh, no. Wait. She got a 179 in the musical. She gets a 175 in the movie. No, she gets a 175 in the musical and 179 in this. Oh, I have no idea. Because... What's his face? Legal Eagles pointed out that a 179 is near perfect score. Yeah. But again, once she she has so much drive as a person. When she sets her mind to something, she's going to get it. Now, initially, she turns her sights on Warner. And then when she's at that party and she realizes, because he says, oh, sweetie, you're not smart. And she's like, um, am I sniffing glue? I took the same test. We got into the same school. Also, she probably got a higher score than he did. And he probably had a more more of a background in law than she did. 
He probably had help right from the get-go. She yeah. had nobody. Well, her, except her except her uh, sorority mates. The thing that I I find funny is that the movie ends with them doing the the fast times at Ridgemont High. What happened to everyone? Where they do the text underneath their names and it, it lets you know what happened to everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah, they did that in Animal House. They did that in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But I love with hers, like it says for Warner, it says that. He basically graduated without honors and has no job offers and his family owns a law firm. He comes from a family of lawyers. Oh, yeah. But that's to be expected. I mean, when he outlines his his, you know, right. But when he's dumping her, he basically says all that. But Warner. But I find it funny that he has a family that owns a law firm and they don't even want him. Yeah. Well, again, you get the sense that they expect the a lot out of him. And he miscalculated big time. And he knows it because in the very end, he's like, oh, Pooh Bear, let's get back together. That drives me crazy that he calls all of his women. Our Pooh Bear? Gr- Pooh Bear. That's so, that's so gross when you call like different women the same thing. Also. Like sweetheart and dear and like all the, those are like pretty neutral. But when you're calling a, like a person a specific name and then you carry that over into a new relationship, ugh, but gross. also, also, if I was any of these women, I'd be like, why, why am I Winnie the Pooh? Do I only wear a shirt and no pants? Explain yourself, Warner. <laughs> Did you catch my head in a honey pot? <laughs> He's the honey pot, or at least he thinks he is. Did you catch me with a bunch of balloons trying to trick a bunch of bees out of honey? How am I Winnie the Pooh? Um, yeah, I just, he calls Vivian that too, which is just so weird. I wear one red shirt and no pants one time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I love how she's like, oh, Warner, I've been waiting to hear you say that. And she does, she rightfully so in this particular instance, she ambushes him. Yeah, she leads him on the oh, way. Oh, but he- if I'm going to be a partner in a law firm by the time I'm 30, I need to not date a complete bonehead. Yes. And then she ends up That's with That's how Luke iconic Wilson. these freaking lines are. I can remember them so easily. I mean, the one thing that always, like, kind of creeped me out about the ending of this movie is, mm-hmm. is just the way Luke Wilson looks at the end of the movie when when she's giving her. He speech. does look like he's like about to devour her. Well, like also, he's looking at her like a. He, it's the like fact that he looks so sweaty. Like he does look sweaty. He looks. He looks almost like, <laughs> like he's covered in bacon grease. Yeah. Oh man, why did I have bur- to stop at that IHOP? I was gonna say the burger place in Harvard Square. Uh, why did I do the Eagles Den challenge? Because <laughs> the the Eagles Nest is the one that's across the street from Bartley's, and they have a special where it is a eight pound burger. Oh no! Which it it's fifteen uh, quarter pound patties. <laughs> <laughs> and also you have to eat oh five God. pounds of fries. Oh my God. What if that was an after credit scene where Elle has set her like set her sights on accomplishing that and she does it? <laughs> and we just see her and she's just covered in like ketchup and mustard and burger grease. Well, the grossest <laughs> the grossest thing about that is the fact that your drink of choice, they don't give you an option and it has to be a milkshake. Oh no. 
I don't think I could do that. Five pounds of fries, an eight-pound burger, and a milkshake. Oh, that's with- like Artax slowly sinking into the swamp of sadness. <laughs> It just gets thicker and thicker. They better have like the nicest bathroom in the world at that restaurant because you're going to be in there a while. (laughs) Going to have to hose you down after. But, um. Elle, you okay? I'm fine. Going back to the trial, though, that iconic moment where she realizes that where, where she, like, she has that epiphany of, oh, shit i fucking got it i won i won i love that moment um miss Wyndham, what had you done earlier that day i got up got a latte went to the gym got a perm and came home well you got in the shower and it's 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 great for any attorney too because they're they're sometimes occasionally you get lucky Right. And someone slips and you have this beautiful moment of, oh, I got this. Because it's clear that Chutney, Chutney had rehearsed this so many times in the mirror. I, I got home. I took yeah. a shower. Yeah. But it's the, the it's, a, it's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. When it comes to murder cases, the devil is in the details. Because Chutney is the devil. <laughs> because... Victor Garber, if he was still the attorney, he would have not known to ask. This movie is the reason I know the term, uh, or the term ammonium phytoglycolate. <laughs> do you, though? I do. Ammonium <laughs> phytoglycolate. I know. I can't say it, but I know I, I have it in my head uh, perfectly because of that of the, that exchange. Also, the reason why I only know this scene so well now is because of Sarah Ramos on Instagram Having actors read, yeah, re- you showed me that. Yeah, and still it was, doesn't quite capture the magic. But but for me, it's Chloe Feynman's impression of Reese Witherspoon is so good. Yeah, I guess she does a really good Reese Witherspoon. That <laughs> I had a girlfriend in my sorority. She got a perm. We told her not to. She didn't have your bone structure. <laughs> but later, I love that- she was in a white t-shirt contest. <laughs> I love how she actually compliments her and she's like, you have great bone structure. Yeah. Um, again, it's that magnetism that she has. Also, the she wig... She doesn't need to, like, put someone down to, the... like, you know, get what she wants. The wig on uh, uh, Linda Cardellini, her perm wig. Oh. She she looks like, what's his name from Workaholics? She looks like Blake Anderson from Workaholics. I haven't seen Workaholic, so I don't know. Uh, you you have seen what this guy looks like before. Probably. He, he's the guy who has like the big poofy hair like that. Again, not helping. <laughs> I, I will show you a picture later. Sure. And you'll know. But, but, but again, it, it goes back to that different types of intelligence. She doesn't harness what she learned in law school in this moment. She's harnessing what she learned as a fashion and merchandising, you know, or as fashion a sor- criminal as, law, as a sorority girl, as a valley girl, as like she's she's built. This is the culmination of life of a lifetime of experience, not only of law school being a part of that, but also who she was before. And it's right. this beautiful moment of self-actualization that everybody loves. Everybody can relate to. 
and it's wonderful. Oh, also, uh, we should talk about, what's her name? She's one of the law students who fought for women's rights. Um, There's a lot of them, so. No, the one who was in her group. Oh, Vivian. No, not Vivian. Oh, um, Edith. 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 I, I love how when we were watching it, you're like, damn it, Edith. Like, aren't you supposed to be supporting her? Literally, like, even the girl who, like, is is, is all Vivian's about, friend. like, you know, supporting women and raising women up. She tears her down. Because she's acting like like Elle is setting them back. But Elle is like body positive. Like, that's a form of female empowerment. Well, I mean, in the sense that she went there to follow a man. Yeah, that does. That's not a good that's look for great. anyone. No, but they but, don't know that. Well, they assume that because of Warner, because Warner has had time to like poison people against her. Ugh. And it's only when they get to know her that they realize there's a lot more to the story. Damn it, Warner. King douche. King douche. He, yeah. Oh, I found the picture of, of Blake Anderson. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. His his perm looks like her perm. Actually, her perm was even more intense. <laughs> Still fluffy. And but- also, I love, I just love the graduation because you she, it's still Elle Woods, but you can tell she's, she's, gotten a lot more experience more po- she's more poised she's totally self-assured at this point still don't understand how she became valedictorian but hey like, i what do you mean you don't understand how she became valedictorian how dare you she is l woods i would be shocked if she didn't become valedictorian no i wanted it to be will ferrell not will ferrell guy <laughs> greatest net of pleasure guy yeah i, I love how she says that he's, he's like, salutatorian yeah, I I love how how he's like I I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So anything else that we missed? Um, no, I don't think so. How many bagels? Oh, full dozen. Okay, <laughs> full dozen. Absolutely, this movie is. I mean, I can even forgive. The whole, you know, yes, the the um the pool boy scenario, <laughs> Chuck. Yes, Chuck. It's handled a lot better in the movie than it is in the musical, right? Right. Which when she's like, "Wonder what type of shoes are these? Black." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so, I'm giving this ten because. It doesn't, there are certain things that don't age well. I mean, I really can't stand Warner. I'm taking a bagel off for him. I'm taking a bagel off for, for. It's just for me, even where this movie falters, it also raises the bar. I'm not giving this a full dozen. This is not a full dozen. Damn it. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. It's just, I also have a personal connection to this movie too. I see. There's like I said, there's so many parallels that I've experienced myself. That's fine. Granted, I am so glad I never went to law school. Oh my god, the money, the just <laughs> the money, the money. So yeah, uh, next week we're doing Pleasantville, as it was teased, 
And uh, you can watch that on all the streaming sites, I believe. Uh, Haley, watch sweetie. it. You can watch it. Can watch it. Oh, oh! I thought you meant the podcast. Like you walk, you can watch the podcast. No, you can watch Pleasantville. I believe. Oh be- <laughs> I believe it's on Netflix, and I think it's also on Hulu. But, sweetie, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. Like the Facebook page, please, people. <laughs> uh, that's a losing battle, man. <laughs> I know we have at least 40 subscribers on Podcast but Addicts. Fa- but, you know, Facebook's going the way of the dinosaur anyway, Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like us on Bubble Chip. <laughs> Bubble Chip? Blink with your eyes to subscribe to our page with that chip. Put in your in your brain. Bubble Chip. Uh, so, listen to my other podcast. Hell, I'm it's a musical. that's going to become a real thing, by the way. And yeah. You'll have started it, and I am not a fan. <laughs> So, uh, listen to my other podcast, Hell is a Musical. This month, we're doing Hairspray with the guest of Pleasantville. Jenna so- Sokalski is on that one, and she's also on the Pleasantville episode. And so- eventually, they will be doing Legally Blonde the Musical. Yeah, and you're going to have to do it. I have to be there, too. You're the one who suggested it. That's true. That's true. Am so- I so I got I to gotta fall on the other half of the sword. So, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye.